The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, the Power of Water, worldwide. The world is listening. World Talk Radio, Voice America, and Apple iTunes, we've syndicated, and they're participating in an exciting development with us to educate you about what is happening with water all over the world. So our story, our research, and our education is a team worldwide. We want to thank the bloggers. We want to thank everybody who's been telling the story on the Internet worldwide on what we're trying to relate to you, the audience, about how important water is, nutrition, your everyday daily health. When you get up in the morning and you place your feet on the ground, you begin to live with everybody on this planet Earth. We're together in this. But your health is vital to the health of the Earth and the whole health of, let's say, the solar system. My goal as a radio talk show host, when I decided to have a radio talk show that is emphasizing power of water and how important that life in water is, the life in the humidity water is to saving lives and saving our planet, I continually preach and and say we must save the children of the earth that are dying without water. If we get up every morning and we can have a glass of water, and we eat, and we carry on a life in our world here that we're in, we need to know that four to 5,000 children are dying a day without water, but 24,000 children are dying a day without food and water. Let's form a team worldwide and concentrate on those innocent little children who need us badly. Every single child born is a perfect human being. Let's join together as a team and see what we could do to save lives. Today, I am so excited. I have Marie Weimer from England on with us. And sometimes our technology, because we're coming from America to England to have a special guest on, you may have moments when we're coming in and out, but we're going to make this happen. She is a marketing events executive for Organic Monitor, which is... They have a sustainable food summit coming, and she's going to teach us a lot about what that means, the summit agenda to include sustainable protein, food security, sourcing local raw raw foods, and a lot of that. We've had guests from all over the world about water and food and organic farming and what what is causing dry eyes, what is causing uh, the problems of our lives and our health with the diseases. So we're going to learn a lot from Marie today. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, which is the only product worldwide to be able to mist, a handheld humidifying mist to be able to moisturize the eyes. What is dry eye? 
because the eyes are 99% water at the surface of the eye? Of course. You're losing moisture, natural moisture. The, what did the eye drops do? They cause a flooding. You need moisture to mist. Well, listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll come back with Marie. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Marie. Yeah? Um, I want to thank you for joining us today. And I want the audience worldwide to know that Marie Weimer is with us from England. And Marie, you're part of a summit coming called Sustainable Food Summit. Now, is that a worldwide summit? Um, yeah, it's not a fifth edition of the Sustainable Food Summit. We're having it in Europe and also in North America now. And uh, generally, the um, idea of the summit is to um, explore the new horizons of ecolabels and sustainability and yeah, how you can increase sustainability in the food industry. Okay, now I can barely hear you, and I warn the audience that we're going to have simple moments. Now, if, if uh, you said uh, the Sustainable Summit is worldwide, and you're going to be having a, a new, another summit here coming up soon, I think, in America. Yes, the fifth edition of the Sustainable Food Summit will take place in San Francisco next week on Tuesday and Wednesday, on the 17th and 18th of January. In, in San Francisco. Yes, correct. In the United States. Now, Marie, uh, we're going to try very hard because I know you're full of information, and I have got some good questions. Uh, we've had some exciting guests on all over the world about nutrition. Why is it that the, the summit is so important for people to learn more about how to pre, pre, uh, about the pre, prime, pre, agriculture, the foods, the fruits, the produce, all over the world, a better education for people to understand how important it is for their health to be able to uh, for the world to be supplying individuals with healthy food. Uh, how can you explain what the summit will be doing? And uh, the summit will explain. And kind of slow down a little bit because we are talking so far distance here. But slow down a little bit so we can uh, hear you. Uh, okay. And the summit will focus on how, for example, you can reduce the environmental and social impacts of your um, ingredients or of your manufacturers um, of your food production, and also we will have a strong focus on packaging and. 
Yes, and the, the, the idea of the summit is that the whole food industry and the whole supply chain of the um, food industry comes together and debate, debate and discuss uh, key sustainability issues. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say the food and the supply chain, is that a ch- ch- chain? The food and the supply chain around the world to have healthier food and getting to the shelf in front of the consumer and quality. Now, is that what the summit is going to be discussing, or what is the main topic of the summit? The main topic, one of the main topics, um, is going to be on sustainable proteins and ingredients because sustainable proteins getting more and more uh, important, and so we have to, yeah. As the demand for meat increases, you have to find um, alternatives to meat proteins and yeah, you have to increase sustainable proteins and also how you can... Um, okay, now, I think, I, I think I'm understanding more. That in other words, you're bringing a summit of individuals together that are going to be researching together and supplying information that they have been researching on how to achieve nutritional value out of certain foods. Uh, in, in other words, the uh, raw foods, uh, the different types of foods to get certain proteins out of the food and different alternatives so people will be better educated. Yes, exactly. We will have some uh, camp, um, some companies speaking. We've been, done some great work in this area, and they can uh, they will share their experience with the audience. Uh huh. Now, how many people attend that? Um, we usually we have around um, 150 to 180 different people, different key stakeholders from the food industry, and now from food manufacturers to ingredient companies, but also retailers. And a lot of people from the industry organizations or academics are going to be there. Now, how, how many years has this been going on? Um, it's not a fifth edition, and it's not a second time that we're in San Francisco. And in Europe, it takes uh, one to year place in Amsterdam. I, I'm sorry, I did not hear. How many years have you been doing that? It's not a, the, the third year, but the fifth edition. Third year. Okay, okay. So I'm all for this. I've been studying diet. I have been studying nutrition for over 40 years, but I've been into dehydration studies for uh, almost 30. And I'm so excited about uh, what you're trying to do here, Marie. How long ha- now? Who is the founder of this summit? Is there somebody out there? Is, is it from in England? There, somebody who's the founder? Uh, yes, it's all. Um, it's Anna Huta, and because it's from Organic Monitor. And uh-huh. the company who's organizing the summit is a specialist uh, research company in um, organic and related industries. They're in England? Yes, they're based in the UK. Okay. Well, very proud of all of you uh, because people have to learn more about what they're eating, Marie. And then also I, uh, people want to blame the food industry for what's been on the shelf. I disagree. They were putting on the shelf what would make money, and everybody all over the world wanted a sugar taste or a sweet taste or some carbohydrate taste. Tell us a little bit about raw foods. What are you learning? Um, raw food? Raw. Uh, it's one of the new, um, new trends, and, um, and it's particularly also popular in the U.S., and we will cover it in the summit. One of, and we have the, um, the founder and CEO of Kaya Food speaking, and um, he will share with us yeah, how, how you can actually, um, what's the idea behind raw food, and um, that's, yeah, how you can actually 
how does products come to the consumer? Mm-hmm. Yes, because here in the United States, and I've been, have you ever heard of the book, The China Study? Well, you should write that down. There's a book out there that's one of the best sellers, and uh, it's the China study on getting into raw foods. And they're learning that for health reasons that people should include raw food in their diet every day. And uh, people here in this country, and I know all over the world, are finding out that the salad if it's a healthy salad, it can be very uh, very nutritional, but we have to learn when the person goes to make certain types of alternative foods, if they don't want to eat meat, chicken, or fish, where are they going to get their proteins? Where would a person get their proteins if they want to eat all vegetables and fruit and not have meat, chicken, and fish? Where, what kind of proteins are in the foods? There exists a lot of um, various um a plant-based proteins were substituted for meat proteins. Uh-huh. For example, you can have um, soya or vegetable proteins like lentils. Uh-huh. Now, what, have you, what are you learning um, about what is some of the most aggressive uh, uh, successful progress that's going on in producing the uh, f- fresh vegetables out there? And we're, I'm going to stick to fresh vegetables. I'm not going to get into fruit. Uh, and in your in your summit, do you discuss the fresh vegetable, or do you do also discuss the frozen vegetables? Uh, frozen are not really, but we do discuss also processed food. And one of the major subjects also will be, for example, how you actually can reduce your whole um, environmental and impact, and how you can measure sustainable metrics. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now you're going to be discussing marketing and their practices. What is? What do you do? What do you discuss when you're discussing marketing food? In the marketing uh, session, we always have some um, best practice um, examples. For example, of um, what new trends coming up. That, for example, um, going local is becoming more and more popular, and people are looking into buy local food and um, also look into the. Um, Social aspects of the production of food, so they don't want right. to buy. The local um, food, food is, uh, they're finding the closer the food you purchase, the better quality of food you'll be eating. Yes, exactly. And people want to know actually where the food comes from and where it is produced. Exactly. Uh, that is something that everybody should be learning. I'm glad you mentioned that. Now, uh, in England and different parts of the world, are you going to be discussing organic farming? Uh, yes, again, farming is one of our um, topics as well, and we had, um, for example, how um, sustainable agriculture um, yeah, and organic agriculture um, is better for, uh, can change your environmental impact as well. Exactly. I had a guest on my show yesterday that had, they've been in several generations of family, uh, organic farming, 3,600 mm-hmm. acres. And he was describing to us a description of why organic farming is so important to the soil and the relationship of the life of the soil to what is being grown in the soil. And that people all over the world should realize, Marie, that the soil is a living. It's alive. We should look at our feet on the soil as if the feet are on something alive. And it's so important to maintain the soil uh, for its living health also. And that's what organic farming means. It's maintaining the health of the soil. Yes. Yes. 
Right. Now, do you have very many greenhouses in um, England and around the world? Do you know about greenhouse uh, gr- uh, growing in greenhouses so they can control some uh, of the ecology of the of the growth of the food? Sorry, I didn't catch you. Greenhouses. Do you have a lot of greenhouses that are into producing the food? Um, yes, but um, for example, we also look um, how you can measure this. So, for example, how you can reduce your carbon footprint and how you can reduce your water footprint of the... Um, there we go, the water hydroponics, right? Yeah. Right. And is that something that... you to offset your emissions as well. Yeah. Now, is that something at the summit you're going to be discussing is the water and the, and the agricultural, um, the watering and the uh, different way, methods of watering for organic farming or in greenhouses, the hydroponics? Are you going to be discussing yes, that? exactly, but also not only the water, but also the carbon emissions. Carbon emissions. Or generally, how can you measure the whole life cycle? Now, what have you been learning and you'll be discussing? Uh, tell our audience worldwide what you're going to be teaching about the carbon emissions. Um, we will discuss actually different options how you can measure the environmental impact that your product has and because it's quite difficult to um, define and measure sustainability and to put it actually into metrics. And then when you, after you measure it, you have to communicate it and also to reduce it and to improve your impact. And the best idea is that you change from your negative impact into a positive impact on your environment and social, um, the environmental and social impact. Okay, now Marie, I often do this with my guests, and you know a lot. I'm going to compliment that and say, would you describe to our audience, and I know they think they know it all, but I like to have definitions. What, why is it so important that we concern ourselves with carbon emissions with our agriculture? I'm sorry, I didn't get this question. Okay. I often like to ask the, the guest, Marie, to define for us why is it so important, if don't take it for granted, everybody understands, why is it so important to be concerning about carbon emissions with agriculture? Why is that so important? I know we shouldn't take it for granted that people understand. Why is that so important? Because in order actually to improve everything, at first you have to measure it. And one part of the, one, one, one big part of the, of most of the companies is actually the carbon emissions. And in order to measure their negative impact on the environment, uh, or yeah, to see how good your company is or how bad, you have to measure it. And that's why one is how you, um, that you have a carbon footprint and then you know exactly, okay, that's how much carbon emissions we produce and now we can start to reduce it and in order to, yeah, to reduce our environmental impact. Now, did you, uh, we could barely hear you, did you say cattle? Carbon. Carbon. Yeah. Okay. So um, now what else is going to be important at the summit that you find personally that's going to be very important? Um, what's also uh, very um, important is, for example, we also have um, consumer insights. So um, well, because we have a lot of companies attending, so they want to know what the consumer thinks and um, why, for example, what are the reasons why the consumer chooses a certain product. And so we are also covering here um, mobile technology, which becomes more and more a trend 
and with, for example, you have this QR codes, um, and then with the QR codes, the consumer immediately can know everything about the product, and based on this, you will make a decision if you want to buy the product or not. So, now, do they discuss now, uh, the, the quality of the packaging also? Yes, well, we have actually we have one of our main sessions is about unsustainable packaging mm-hmm. um, because there is, um, packaging is part of the uh, reason why um, food and beverage products have such a high environmental footprint. Mm-hmm. And we have a dedicated session on how you can actually reduce um, your uh, reduce this footprint and improve your packaging. Mm-hmm. Also, then you, I have here uh, ethical finance. What does ethical finance mean? Um, ethical finance. There is um, on this topic. We have a company speaking who has uh, specialized to finance actually sustainable companies. It's RSF Social Finance, and they. Um, they will discuss the several options, financing options, which are available for sustainable businesses and what are actually the advantages but also pitfalls of raising capital. Okay. So you're going to be discussing raising capital for the different uh, individuals who are in the industry? Yes. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Because that is the most challenging thing, uh, part of running a uh, a company uh, that is depending upon nature, the food source, uh, the the gr- growing, and all the things you need to learn, and you have surprises that happen, and uh, you're, so you're going to be introducing them to some different types of financing. Yes, correct. Excellent, excellent. I've said, Marie, that uh, out there in the world, we need the energy, we need uh, water. We need our humidity to be clean, the moisture in the air to be clean, but we have to have nutrition, and the whole wide world should be in the business of it. It's very yes. important. And uh, now, uh, what else are you going to be teaching uh, the market pra- and the marketing uh, practices to get to some consumer education? Are you going to be teaching, are you going to be coming up with something on better ways and m- more advanced ways to teach the consumer about which, uh, the importance of the, of the foods? Uh, what, one topic that we also cover in the marketing is about um, greenwashing and how you can avo- should avoid greenwashing and what, actually what pitfalls um, you can have with accurate marketing, advertising, and labeling. So it's important that you educate the labeling. a consumer correct and yes. Right. Labeling is so important. Marie, uh, I don't know how old you are, but I'll never forget years and years ago when they started labeling. I turn everything over and look at the label. Do you do that? Yes. Yeah. And there are always also new uh, eco-labels coming up, which we also will cover in the summit. So, for example, we, there will be a, a non-GMO project speaking about their non-GMO label and how this development is going on. Exactly, exactly. What are some of the countries that are aggressive, uh, uh, going farther with uh, their um, with the education of the food? Are there different countries that are improving, that are better than other countries? And generally, you can say that the European and the North American countries are European. more alert about uh-huh. these things. Yeah. I'm sorry, the Europeans are uh, more uh, ahead of the of the Americans. A bit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In terms of, yes. 
I I always have to remind everybody, Marie, you're living with one country at a time. We have 50 states. I call them countries in one country called the United States of America. We have 50 of those. So yeah, get everybody see. educated and get get everybody together. Uh, takes us a little while, once in a while, but when we figure it out, boy, we're on the road. We, we do very well. But uh, now, what are some of the? Can before we leave today, how do people find uh, your website? Um, our website is www.sustainablefoodsummit.com. Okay, so uh, www.organicmonitor.com. But the Sustainable Food Summit is coming up in San Francisco on January 17th and 18th. And you can go to your website and look it up and learn more. I want to thank you for listening. beginning the earth was dry and then life began with a droplet of water the rains came creating underground aquifers and fresh water on the earth moisture for life filled the air then humans multiplied beyond the plan of nature today only one percent of the world's water is fresh and most of that is polluted without moisture in the air the air indoors and out becomes dry Insulated windows and walls, forced air heating and cooling dry the air. If the air is dry, eyes and skin are dry. Doctors worldwide report alarming increases in the symptoms of dry, irritated eyes. Researchers at Biologic Aqua Technologies have discovered that dry, polluted air accelerates moisture loss from the eye's protective tear film. Nature's Tears Eye Mist with Biologic Aqua All-Natural Tissue Culture Grade of Water utilizes an entirely different approach to correcting tear film moisture loss. By misting the tear film surface with sub-microliter droplets of Biologic Aqua, natural moisture is restored to the tear film. Doctors and pharmacists recommend Nature's Tears Eye Mist for computer eye irritation, contact lenses, airline travel, and all other dry eye complaints. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua, absolute premium standard grade of pure all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist, safe, convenient, non-allergenic. Available at retail stores nationwide, naturestears.com or 1-800-4-MIST. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
You're listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. I want to invite you to listen. We have a second guest today. It is very important. I think you're going to find it's a very exciting guest out of Ottawa, Canada. But before we have our guest on, I wanted to mention that Marie Weimer was uh, with us from London, England. And we did have, uh, listeners have said they had a very difficult time hearing it and understanding. So we will do that one again one day with the Sustainable Food Summit. It is absolutely wonderful uh, education. Foods around the world are vital to what is happening, to what you're eating, and uh, the organic farming and uh, water issues. So we will do that one again. But today I want to uh, tell you that we have a very exciting guest, Anil Nadu, and uh, from Ottawa, Canada. Uh, Anil, are you with us? Yes, Sharon. Great well, to thank be you here. for joining us, and I am really excited about the project uh, of Blue Planet uh, project. Um, Anil, tell us how did you get involved with this project? Because I guess you're one of the or- organizers of it. Yeah, it's been it's been a really it is a very exciting project. We like to think so, Sharon, especially um, you know around the issues of water. You know, you and your listeners know the importance of water. Um, it was not as apparent to people around the world uh, ten years ago, eleven years ago, when we started this project, uh, that water was so critical. And Maud Barlow, you may have uh, heard about. She's a wonderful activist up here in Canada, but is also well known around the world. She. Um, certainly had a, uh, the idea that we needed to push uh, on the idea of water, water justice, uh, getting more people access to water, and dealing with uh, this unfortunate political um, and economic kind of push by big corporations to privatize and commodify the world's water and the implications that would have. Uh, and now we're seeing it borne out uh, these, this many years later. Uh, we're seeing what's going on with climate change. Your, your listeners will know of course, uh, of, of the tragedies that are happening around the world every, every few seconds with the deaths of, of children from lack of access to clean water. Uh, but we have had some many positives as well. And last what is year, the, actress, the, person, the actress's name in uh, Canada, what is her name? Maud Barlow. Uh, so M-A-U-D-E Barlow? Correct. Okay. Uh, and so if people and look her up... she was one of the people who got behind it with you. Yeah, she actually launched it and, and really got uh, was one of the few that were talking about this uh, issue, issue 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, she uh, was um, acknowledged as being a leader and was even the senior advisor on water to the president of the General Assembly a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And that opened the door to uh, getting the United Nations to accept water as a, uh, a human right, water and sanitation as human rights. And we got that passed July 28th. 2010, just uh, about a year and a half, wow. less than a year and a half. Wow, wasn't that ago. long ago? Isn't it amazing? I know why it takes so long. The most vital nutrient to keep the planet alive, keep life going, and the breath of life is the humidity. Mm-hmm. Uh, water and the humidity it is an amazing. How many thousands of years it took them to get there? <laughs> it it's it is quite shocking and when we used to talk to people before uh, we actually achieved the general assembly resolution on this uh, and it took 
quite a bit of, uh, of uh, pushing and working with, uh, with key governments and even against some powerful governments like that of the United States and Canada and much of Europe uh, who were against this, shockingly. But it, uh, when we used to talk to people that there was not acknowledged, uh, recognized the human right to water uh, before this resolution passed, people were shocked because it is so fundamental, as you point out, Sharon. Well, Anil, I did the same thing. Uh, I've been in water research for over 30 years and founder of Biologic Aqua Research, but uh, I found myself uh, when I was asked if I wanted to have my own radio talk show, and I said, if I can call it the power of water. And the messenger of all of us, and I want to have you on again. I would like to have you on for a full hour sometime. Um, the message we all have here is water is the life of earth first. What came second was living through the water. Mm. What can pass away and be gone because the water, there's no breath of life, the humidity that is healthy. And I found that the humidity, if it's not healthy, is going to cause more diseases than anybody can imagine because it had not been researched enough, the humidity, the mm cleanliness of the humidity, but also the water that supports humidity. Uh, We've had uh, Dr. Dwayne Cecil on, who's been with NASA, NOAA, and they were talking about how people are are very naive about how important it is to have water available to all life. And like you just said, 5,000 children are dying a day, Anil. That, isn't, that is not acceptable. No, definitely not. And when I think the earth that, provided water for all life. I think that uh, people are starting to, to understand, especially with uh, climate change and the huge impacts that's happening, that's having around the world, people are beginning to understand just how critical this is. I think, you know, on a cellular level, on a spiritual level, on a, you know, on a very fundamental level we all know the importance of water uh, but we have not acted uh, in to, to deal with this this issue uh, we have allowed uh, you know desertification to to expand we've, we've allowed as you point out um, you know the impacts to the humidity and around the world which is part of the, the natural water hydrological cycle and we've allowed uh, such great tragedy to, to strike uh, you know a lot of uh, um, of the most vulnerable people around the world. And uh, this is unacceptable, as, as you've said, Sharon. It, it's yeah. not acceptable. We need action. And we need action. people like all of us who are joining together, and I've been so grateful to uh, Voice America, World Talk Radio, and Apple iTunes to give me the opportunity here to reach out and special guests like yourself that we've had all over the world and authors of books on nutrition. Well, what water, what, water makes everything grow, which is your food. Mm-hmm. And what is in the breath of life is your water. So, uh, tell us today what some of the uh, some of the exciting things that you're some of your projects. Well, you know, we this uh, whole push to get the human right to water and sanitation recognized. It's been an amazing, amazing journey, and uh, we, you know, it's still fairly new, and it, and it has not even reached its full potential, of course, because recognition is just the first step, Sharon. It's actually getting uh, implementation and action now that we're working on. Now, the other things that we're working on is, as a movement, because we are certainly part of a, a larger uh, movement, and, uh, you know, there are activists around the world, people fighting uh, you know, the, the, the challenges that they have with big dams, with mining companies, with, uh, you know, the, the pollution 
that's going on in water, the movement of water uh, away from uh, some of the most vulnerable people in rural areas to, to feed our big cities. The water is a hugely complicated uh, issue, and it's a lot of it centers around power relationships, um, Sharon. So, I mean, what we're working on right now is, unfortunately, um, we're having to push back against some of the, uh, the agendas that are, are out there by people that want to create um, water markets, property rights around water, uh, but as a means to deal with scarcity of water that we're dealing with, um, that we're seeing increasingly. And so, now, what do you mean? Uh, explain to our just uh, our listeners uh, worldwide. What do you look at as a? <clears throat> excuse my voice. A description of property rights. Uh, mm-hmm. What is that? Descri- what is that description to you? Well, I mean, I think that you know, water. If we treat water the same way that we treat anything else in our economy, we will come up against very clear uh, challenges. And because water does not act the same way, it's not something you can hold. Uh, in the same way that you can anything else. It's not something you can own. <laughs> we believe it's part of the commons, part of the public trust. And the only healthy water is water that can keep moving. Now, of course, if you, if you dam it or try to hold it in a water, it will stagnate. It will be uh, useless. It'll, you know, bacteria will grow in it. And so what's going on now, and uh, it, it is um, this, where a lot of uh, powerful interests are seeing that there's less water available, um, that uh, they need to somehow figure out a way to make sure that water... Um, you know, in Latin America, they like to say that water flows uphill towards money. Uh, and so the challenges now are if we create, um, if we treat water the same way we treat any other uh, item in our economy, and we try to say, okay, you own the water, you own this water, this amount of water, you can trade that water, you can sell that water, you can, well, then we don't meet our human rights objectives. We don't meet our social uh, objectives with, with water. We don't meet uh, our ecosystem objectives because, you know, the fish cannot buy their own water. They cannot own property rights for water. And so there is a movement now around the rights of nature that mm-hmm. has started to spring up to, to deal with how do, we, how do we deal with this fundamental But have you noticed, I want to bring up something, have sure. you noticed, and I have been studying for, oh gosh, over 35 years actually, that sometimes the individuals that are uh, advocating uh, everything you just said about the fish and the soil and the stagnation of the dams and so on, that maybe they haven't hired their very best ex- experts sometimes to study because I was, when my research on L, I found when the rains come down, at the beginning of time, the earth began to accept the fact that the life of that water went down into what's called aquifers. It absorbed down through. Then what was came to the top of the aquifers uh, beneath the earth came to the surface, and they called them lakes and streams and rivers and going to the lowest, um, uh, lowest point of earth called the oceans. And... Um, but when you get into these earth changes, and earth will always change every second, it's kind of maybe like you could say the algorithm of search engine optimization is changing every second because the more people that come on, the more it changes. Earth is going to be changing. It always will. It's a mm-hmm. living organism. But if the water comes down now and we're not putting it back into res- reservoirs, and they call it in modern times dams that hopefully science was learning to improve that, that there will be a time come that will all be below the surface and maybe not enough below the surface and life will begin to become so 
contaminated with disease. Mm-hmm. Because I, as I was learning, you've got to have that breath of life called humidity, moisture in the air, but it's only influenced because of the water on the surface of the earth. The water below the surface of the earth is not influencing our humidity. Right. That, well, that's water. a good point. And, I, uh, the challenges we're having with this climate situation is going to change, and yeah. it will take a circle around and come back again, but is we don't have a, 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 the, let's call it the filter system in the air that we're breathing because there's not really enough water, fresh water, on the surface of the earth the way there once was. Well, we are certainly drying out uh, lakes. We've seen that with the RLC. Right. We've seen that... Uh, you know, there, there's, there are cautionary tales, even with the Great Lakes here on uh, in this part of the continent, uh, that are the, the levels are dropping. Um, our glaciers and our ice pack are going. Uh, we know these are all having impacts. Now, uh, how we want to address that? Uh, I think that there is a movement, certainly that um, that is concerned about about big dams. There are um, smaller ways to make sure that the that the and more, I would say, more sustainable ways to deal with with making sure that the rivers flow, the lakes, um, because uh, we do get, uh, you know, people are seeing that after a few decades that uh, there are serious issues with, with some of our of the biggest projects that, we, that we've uh, put forward. Now, as from time immemorial, um, our humans have been really predicated and, and we've built our civilization around moving water, dealing with water, the first act It's got to be. It is our life, right. It, it is. It is our life, the lifeblood. Uh, can we do it in a way that is more in harmony with nature, that more recognizes that we're part of these larger structures, these larger, larger systems, that we have to, you know, respect that? Otherwise, it will actually, um, uh, there will be serious consequences. That, I think, is, is still uh, an unanswered question, whether we can uh, see that there are these larger um, systems in place that we, we need to respect and that uh, water plays an an intricate role, uh, a fundamental role in, in climate change and moving energy around uh, the earth in uh, the humidity that you've talked about, uh, Sharon. Uh, we have to make sure that we are not uh, overriding some of these systems and, and moving towards a tipping point where we're going to inexorably see um, a drying out of our, of our And, planet. you know, uh, Anil, there's, uh, we're talking about life to live, drinking water, and the foods will grow because of water the healthiness and the humidity, but the other one is the modern technology of power needs water. Yeah. Now, they removed in our area here in Oregon, one of our areas, they removed the dam, and all of a sudden, the first year after the dam is gone, the power bills doubled, and people couldn't believe what happened to my this power bill. I can hardly afford my power. Mm-hmm. They didn't well, realize the power it was because of of the influence of the dam on the power. Yeah, the water, food, And what are they energy. going to do with uh, the technology we've had, and I know you've heard of it, of companies like uh, Google and Facebook and Apple, I, and Apple, I, and Apple and different technologies of Microsoft, and when they're so high-tech, they're now going to where there's more abundant water and cooler water mm-hmm. to run all of that equipment to keep up with all of the technology, what's going to happen when they don't have enough water for the modern technology we have today? It's, it is. I think we, we are going blindly into the future. Um, I like the word, you, you, know, I like the I word think, you just said, the word blindly into yeah. the future. 
and they're not you know, realizing do... the water is the reason they weren't blind. Yeah. There you go. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah, so did we... I say that correctly? But <laughs> of course, I'm talking with my research with the eyes. Did, you probably don't know this, but the surface of your eye, when you were born in that delivery room and you opened up your eyelid, is 99% natural water on each eye. So when that, they, no. But they wouldn't talk about it in science for many years until I came along, and then, then they began to talk about it. Well, on the surface of the earth, we've been blind, blinded about what's common sense. What is the common sense of saving lives for the world to last for eternity? I had a scientist on here about a year ago who said, Sharon, the word eternity probably won't be in our vocabulary someday. Hmm. Because yeah, we've no, got to take it serious and catch up with the water issue, the humidity issue, and the soil issue, the food we're eating, and all that we're, we're doing with our modern technology all over the world. And then also, Anil, look what's happening in China. The pollution. The influence yeah, we, of the pollution in their country that's influencing the cloud system and the ecosystem of our planet. There certainly isn't much time to act. I think that, uh, that that's you know, certainly one of the biggest things that we... We try to promote here at the Blue Planet Project and the Council of Canadians is that, you know, the time for talking is is past. We we do need um, action, communities, governments uh, working together. Uh, what I'm what I'm seeing, unfortunately, though, is is that the kind of um, consciousness around water is not um, as as well, uh, or there's not as much of it out there as we we need. Uh, to move forward, we are putting our faith in technology. Um, these there are some very basic things that we we should be doing, we could be doing, that we need to do, and it is really about keeping as much water in the soil in the in the environment as possible. We are moving the water without uh, understanding the consequences. We're actually putting it deep into here in Canada. You know, we're doing things like using it to increase the um, the hydrofracking, we're using it for, for uh, hydrofracking, which is uh, this uh, fracturing of the, of the bedrock to try to get methane out. We're using it to, to deal with um, trying to get more oil out of old wells by pumping fresh water in, which is then lost virtually forever uh, to the system, uh, to a hydrological system. You know, we're, we're diverting water in our cities to go right out in the ocean instead of infiltrating into the soil. I mean, I could go on and on mm-hmm. about, and, uh, and I'm sure that your listeners have heard. Uh, well, you're living in a country, and especially where you're at there in Ottawa. The world needs to know in Canada you have the most beautiful country in the world to look at. You have an abundant amount of water. In the Ottawa area, you have in that uh, over there in um, the Quebec area or in an area that you have some of the most abundant amount of water in the world. It is amazing. It is amazing. So thank but gosh you're thinking, yeah. you're being proactive, I call it, about how to think because you're going to be ahead of the game, whereas some countries of the world turned to sand a long time ago because they weren't thinking ahead. I wish, I wish it were true. Um, I wish it were true, Sharon, that we were, as a country, thinking ahead. I think that we are... We're falling into the same trap uh, as many other. We have an abundance of water. We've been blessed with this water, and I do see that we are are not 
uh, respecting our water. Um, you know, I think that there is a movement. I mean, it's a strong movement. The Council of Canadians and, again, Maud Barlow has taken a lead in, in highlighting the dangers of not respecting our water and diverting it. Uh, but whether our governments get that, uh, we are we have a lot of work to do. <clears throat> and Canada was at the forefront of denying the human right to water to um, you know the global community and to, to try to block it. Fortunately, we were able to uh, push past the resistance uh, of a few powerful countries and get this accepted. Now our challenge is certainly around uh, looking at. Uh, you know, how do we ensure that the ecosystems are healthy and that water is a key part of that? How do we deal with the climate change that is, is upon us already and, and only increasing? Uh, how do we deal with, uh, you know, the, the, the people that aren't getting access to, to clean water around the world? Because we do view it as a, a collective responsibility. It's a collective right and it's a collective responsibility. Our obligations cannot begin and end just at the, at our borders. We have to see this in a, in a larger world view and that's, that's our message. Uh, you know, to find out, Anel, that um, education, 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 uh, just keep pounding the pavement like the most famous uh, lyrics of a song or a poem or a verse of people understanding. Um, I have to tell you, I was a guest speaker at a, a middle school up in Upper New York, not far from your border, actually. I took the train up from Manhattan to that spot at a distance up the Hudson, and these kids, they wanted me to come and talk to these audience of the children about water because they were going to be studying water in their science classes. Well, they were afraid the kids might get bored on L, and they had all these faculty uh, throughout there. And I said they wanted me on stage, and they said, no, I want to be down on the floor, and I need two mics. And and Anel, they went at 15 minutes longer. The children were not bored. They were just yeah. the opposite. Children, all life wants to learn, and it's up to those of us like yourself and your group and my show and other people all over the world to just keep saying it over and over and don't be embarrassed about it sounding like a record player over and over again. Um, I know Dr. Dwayne Cecil, who's been with NOAA, they were sponsored a, a, a project here in Montana and here in the United States by Nestle sponsored it with them for teachers of the world to come in and study how do we teach our children in the classroom the importance of water. Mm-hmm. Those kind of issues and directions are the way to go. And what you're doing is wonderful. Now, uh, around the world, have you got left Canada with what you've been doing? Are you doing uh, research around the world? Or are you sticking really close to Canada with your project? Well, we have, you know, uh, we have a national water campaign here that, uh, that is, uh, is very strong activists working on that and uh, a whole network across the country. My focus has been international uh, on, uh, on, you know, uh, how to promote the human right to water at the U- UN level, but also work with communities and networks. Now, and we've had the head of UN on that subject matter on the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to do that again because it was some time ago, and we were the issues of sanitation and water go together, and the diseases that are rampant, and the several thousand children dying a day. But the women, I, did you have you witnessed the women that are carrying that water to make sure their family can live that day? I have, and it, it is uh, it, you know it's probably the biggest issue to get towards gender equity and having young girls go to school is to give to make sure they have access to clean water, so they're not right. having to to carry that. You know, I was listening um, to the CEO of PepsiCo, who's from India, and she was saying when she remembers when she was just a little girl, 
her mother would get up early in the morning and go out to where the water was at and bring it in. Mm-hmm. Buy a couple of buckets in the morning for everybody to have. Yeah, I so was, our I, world is together in this. I was born and in South the Africa. the issues of women, and all I could think about at the time when she was talking about her mother, uh, the women out there in the world that are making sure their families are surviving. And I had a different group. I had a group on here called Tonic, and they go into different countries and put women to, into little mini businesses. So the woman will have a business to be able to achieve some money in her pocket to do what she needs to do and become, and they build these community water centers where the women have a business to run the community water center. And that's what it's all about is they've got to start looking at building a, a plan, build a project on paper, and then run it like a business because that way you're making sure it's being run correctly and it will last forever if they want to do it that way. Now, what else, if we've only got a couple of minutes left, what else have you witnessed around the world that you think the listeners should hear? Well, I mean, the one thing I want to really stress, uh, Sharon, is that we're heading into a very critical year, uh, and I think this is going to be, um, you know, it will decide our future. I truly believe 2012 is, is that kind of year. And the reason, I mean, uh, we... Ha- have all the information we need. We know what, our, what the challenges are. The question is, is whether we have the political will to deal with them, whether we can come together and actually pr- promote positive solutions, or whether we're going to fall back on really uh, tr- uh, old and tired and actually failed uh, kind of models. And I would suggest that um, there is something that's being promoted at the, uh, in, at, in Rio for the next Earth Summit, which will be in, in June of this year. It'll be 20 years since the last Earth Summit. And the last Earth Summit was where we got uh, you know, the climate change um, uh, treaty and we got issues around biodiversity and forests. Well, in this Rio in, in June, they're trying to promote something called a green economy. Now, we all want a green economy. We want a positive green future for our kids and grandkids and for the, for the whole environment. Unfortunately, this is a, a bit of a Trojan horse. It's a virus. And what's in it is really a move towards kind of commodifying nature itself, putting a price tag on nature. And we are fighting this as a Now, as a we only have a minute left, and where will sure. the Earth Summit at? It'll be back in Rio, uh, so it'll be again in, in, at the original site of, uh, of the Rio de, Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. So we're going to be back there, in, and I'll be heading there next week to do a bit of uh, planning with when you with come other back from that. People. Could we have you on again? Certainly, that would be yeah. When you go for uh, you go out to prepare for that, and then we could have you on uh, maybe one or two times before the summit comes. Is that okay with you? No problem at all. I, I would I would enjoy that. Well, you're a good spokesperson, and I know you're dedicated. I wish you all well. And anytime you have a subject you'd like to bring on to us, please let us know. Thank you, Sharon. Okay, and then they go to www.blueplanetproject.net to look you up. And councilcanadian.org. Okay, thank you. thank you. And be Take well. well. I want to thank you for listening. Earth does have a secret, doesn't it? Embrace life. But Earth is whispering. I think I should start saying, Earth is whispering, don't say goodbye, because the wa- we're going to all be in this together. We're going to make sure the water is here for eternity. And that humidity that we're all breathing is water. It must be clean. I want to thank you for listening. You have a nice day.
and be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 